Hello, and welcome to the Canopy Boulder podcast, where we talk about the intersection of entrepreneurship and investing in the legal cannabis industry. Each week, we'll give you our perspectives on the latest news in the industry, bringing you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs, investors, and the industry pros, and also go deeper on topics like launching a business, building a team, valuation, and pitching investors. Why would we take on such of a challenge? Well, we've helped launch 80 companies into the cannabis industry here at Canopy Boulder and made over 100 individual investments into these companies. So you might say we have the inside line on things. So join us as we take you deeper into legal cannabis and uncover all the nuances of starting up and investing in the cannabis industry. Hi, Patrick Ray here, CEO and co-founder of Canopy Boulder, here to talk today a little bit about the Weed Week, the largest uh, one-week series of events in the cannabis industry in Las Vegas every year. We're just a week or so out from uh, MJ BizCon Las Vegas. Um, That was an incredible show. Um, we're also going to talk about the conference that preceded it, the ArcView Group's event in Las Vegas as well. So uh, let's talk about Weed Week here. Um, so full, first, let's talk about the ArcView event. So ArcView is a, in full disclosure, partner with Canopy Boulder, formed back in 2014 when we launched uh, Canopy Boulder in our first class. So I wanted to get that out there first, but this is the, gosh, the first ArcView event that I went to was in January of 2014. It was also in Las Vegas, and boy, have things changed. Um, this ha- this event and ArcView was started Sunday and uh, extended to Monday and Tuesday, November 12th through the 14th, was probably the best ArcView ever with over 550 attendees. Um, you know, like I said, the largest event ArcView has hosted ever by quite a bit, almost double. So uh, who were the attendees? Uh, the attendees to the ArcView Investor Forum, of which they do five or so a year all across the country, was a mix of angel investors, high net worth individuals, family offices, Canadian uh, LP uh, managers, CEOs, cannabis funds, and different entrepreneurs. Uh, part of the fun and part of the challenge is figuring out who is who and what their motivations are. So uh, we spend time with the companies in our cohort talking about questions they can use to vet the folks that they'll meet at ArcView events and other investor events to figure out whether or not these are people they want to uh, stay with. Pro tip, uh, when you're networking, uh, to always have a glass half empty. Uh, meaning your cup of beer, wine, or any other spirit, if they're serving that half empty. So if uh, the conversation doesn't seem like it's going to go towards what you're hoping it will go to, you can always say, hey, I'm going to go refill my glass. Uh, Pro tip there for anyone out there raising money, all the entrepreneurs listening in. Um, So how was the event? Um, I'd say it's 9 out of 10 for entrepreneurs and investors. The good deals are getting funded in the cannabis industry, and there are definitely people at ArcView looking to deploy capital. They might be smaller check writers, but ArcView is doing a, a very good job of attracting the larger investors as well. Um, the companies who have the more challenging offerings or they're not quite well put together, they are not getting funded. And I think that is sort of a natural business selection that you know we should all expect to see. So definitely prepare. 
Um, and then, you know, the third point I make is the quality of attendee is definitely rising. Um, the quality of the entrepreneur, the quality of the investor, the quality of the industry professional who's uh, making their way to RFP is increasing every event. So one of our companies, Azara, founded by Kate Awada, who's currently in the fall cohort here at Canopy Boulder, pitched at the stage and was a finalist for the pitch competition. That was definitely a notable thing. We also uh, hosted a Canopy Jumpstart event in the afternoon of the second day at RFU, where the teams in our cohort were able to do two-minute pitches and a little bit of Q&A with the investors at ArcView. It's a nice benefit of the partnership we have with the ArcView group. Um, and then, you know, many new investors were in attendance for over the two and a half day conference. I think when we asked uh, the audience to raise their hand if this is their first event, it was almost 50% of the attendees at ArcView were new investors, which is really exciting. Um, a lot of interest in funding the next wave of companies in the industry and great to see old investors that we've partnered with and invested with over time and then meet new ones. As I always say, the uh, every new conversation, new entrance, entrance into the industry that we see, every stock that's purchased, every deal that's funded, is moving us closer to the end of cannabis prohibition. That's a very positive thing. Um, you know, and as many new investors enter the industry, they're drawn into the relative heat of the, you know, they see up in the Canadian markets, they're starting to see some investor changing, right? So the, the activity in the Canadian market is definitely influencing and drawing in different types of investors. And that's something that's definitely changing. I wanted to make sure I spoke about. It's not specific to the ArcView group event, but at all, but you know, there are, that is one place where investors come. And I think, you know, as entrepreneurs and other investors in the industry, you all need to be aware of what's going on. So there's this change going on from let's work together to uh, as an investor, you know, we're seeing these investors asking, what can I get away with and how can I gain preference over the other guy? Um, and again, I think this is a factor of the um, heat and the, all the activity drawn uh, into the industry through the Canadian publicly traded entities. Um, definitely attracts folks that are more transactional and less relationship-based. So what does that mean? Uh, we're hearing more and more stories and back chatter from entrepreneurs about um, a handful of cannabis investors and funds behaving badly. And I'm not going to name any names, but you know, just want to make sure it's put out there. One of the things we're seeing are veto clauses. These are clauses in investment documents that may look pretty normal or standard. Maybe your lawyer doesn't even pick up on it, but hopefully they do. Uh, these clauses allow investors to reject uh, future capital raises. So what does that mean? If you can't, uh, as an entrepreneur or as an investor in entrepreneurial venture, if you know there's a subsequent investor that comes in with this veto clause, they can say, hey, you know, you're not doing a good job. We're just not going to allow you to raise any more money and you're going to have to bankrupt the company. And when you do that, we're going to be there to pick it up for a song, right? You know, even if Warren Buffett wants to invest $100 million in your business, these veto clauses allow certain investors um, to uh, disallow further fundraising. And this is massively inappropriate control provision for one investor in a growth stage company in the cannabis industry. It's something we want to counsel you all to pay attention to. And often, you know, this is a, a term that gets put into an investment document or term sheet uh, that comes from, you know, folks who have been dealing with distressed assets, right? Um, perhaps it's hedge fund uh, investors, right, who are, you know, not going to 
be in there for the relationship, but they're more transactional. And I don't have anything against hedge fund uh, managers or investors, but there is there are patterns um, to the way that different types of investors invest, whether it's an angel, a VC, a hedge fund, a private equity firm. You just need to know the flavor of investor. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, with 90 companies in our portfolio and provided investment rights, we see all these term sheets and identify these terms for founders when they don't see them themselves. And that's something that we're trying to, you know, yeah, provide value in the long term for the entrepreneurs. So um, what was the upshot from ArcView? You know, entrepreneur and investor needs to be aware because you can be an entrepreneur and get kind of juiced by these deals. But even an investor um, needs to be very mindful of new investors coming in. And, you know, often these uh, previous investors have to sign consent forms to allow new deals to be done, um, or they're just consenting um, for the benefit of the entity and the whole, right? That they're not gonna have a claim on this later. Uh, they need to make sure they're reading these new investment documents and understanding the dynamics, right? So um, yeah, read the fine print and be out the lookout, be on the lookout for wolf, wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, so uh, the other thing, I wasn't expecting ArcView to be as large as it was. I think there's a lot of registrations in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, it's like anything, there's never a dull moment in the cannabis industry and every day is a new one. So you got to make sure you're coming in with your eyes wide open and your brain turned on. So when's the next ArcView event? ArcView is going to Aspen for Aspen High, December 3rd through the 5th. Um, this is an event where it's billed as where the music industry and the cannabis industry meet. And I went to the first inaugural event last year, and it was really an interesting thing to speak to the managers and thus the, uh, the concert promoters and the professionals in the music industry and understand what their approach was to the cannabis industry and how uh, they may partner. Um, after that, uh, ArcView will be in Los Angeles uh, February 5th to, be, to the 7th to be exact. So go to uh, search up ArcView and you can uh, find more information about those events. Okay, let's shift gear now and talk about MJ BizCon. You know, this is an event that now is spanning almost the entire week. It goes from, I think, Tuesday to Friday. So that was really the 14th of November through the 17th. Um, there's conferences, there's meetups, there's um, there's a trade show floor, there's just a lot, there's evening events, there's a lot going on. Um, so, uh, you know, as I said before, Canopy Boulder was there as an exhibitor, and I also spoke on a, the crash course um, agenda on Tuesday about funding and then sat on a uh, expert panel uh, Q&A after that talk to wrap up the uh, crash course day. Um, you know, the big headline here for MJ BizCon was that they grew to uh, 27,000 plus attendees and over 1,000 exhibitors. Um, all numbers that were very much up compared to the last year. And when I think about the first event I went to um, as a professional in the cannabis industry, it was an MJ BizCon. And it was in 2013, in November of 2013. And the event was hosted at a horse track outside of Seattle. And I think there were about 750 attendees. I don't know how many exhibitors were, there were, but I don't, would guess that there weren't more than 25. And uh, that was an eye-opening experience. Um, the funny thing about it is that there was the same energy there that there was in Vegas just a couple weeks ago. There's always something propelling the industry forward getting people really excited about what lies ahead and drawing new people in. So 
massive growth for the MJ BizCon event and uh, that business. And I can, you know, really want to tip my hat to Ann Holland and Cassandra, who are the leaders of that business and have done a phenomenal job. Um, certainly, they were sparing no expense this year um, with uh, the expectation there were so many attendees. Uh, so it was really great to see them doing an excellent job. Um, you know, it's super, super busy trade show floor. We had a booth. Um, just even talking to people or listening in on conversations, waiting for the cabs. Um, everyone has a business idea. But um, like my wife said about dating before we married, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. Where are they? You know, sometimes I ask myself. You know, they all sound like pretty good ideas, and but ideas are, you know, arguably worthless, and execution is everything. So um, I think we're transitioning from a period of idea uh, to execution in the cannabis industry. We're going to see that play out very clearly up in Canada as they, these Canadian LPs start reporting revenues and profits and being compared uh, competitively against one another. So who are the attendees at MJ BizCon? Boy, it is just a cross-section of humanity and the cannabis industry. Everyone curious about the cannabis industry. Really, really everyone. And like I said, everybody has a good idea. Uh, this is a rising tide industry, and good ideas are plentiful. Execution is where the rubber hits the road, and um, I think um, it's going to be exciting to see uh, what some of these ideas actually turn into. Um, on the trade show floor, certainly there's a lot of ancillary companies, right? Not a lot of branded consumer products. Uh, lighting companies, grow supply, bottling machines, tech software. Basically, you know, MJ BizCon to a, a significant degree, the exhibitors are ancillary. They're not branded products. And that, you know, that may leave some room for companies to start up competing events that are focused more on brands and retailers. Certainly that's where my background is coming from the natural products industry. And we've invested in a number of companies that focus on that brand and retail or dispensary relationship, including companies like Miele and Co., which are hosting are producing a hosted buyer summit in January. So check out Miele and Co., M-I-E-L-E, yes. Um, fantastic business uh, run by a very serious entrepreneur, Christine Penny. She's legit, so we're excited about that. You know, we had about 10 companies exhibiting at uh, at, uh, at MJ BizCon, BDS Analytics, Work, Sauna Packaging, Peak Beyond, Stash Logics, Lodestone, Pot Guy, Bloom Automation, Cannabis Big Data. It was really super inspiring to see all those alumni companies uh, proudly exhibiting their services and their wares uh, for those walking around the show floor. Worth noting, there were a lot more side events, or I call them side shows. Uh, at and around MJ BizCon. I think there was one around hemp. Uh, there was a Women in Cannabis conference. There was a vape show right before. It, it's really interesting how um, the industry is starting to sub-segment. We saw this in other sectors in technology and uh, can other consumer product sectors where the big trade show starts to sub-segment and then there's different populations uh, focused on things like hemp that want to come together, right? So I expect that to continue. There are a lot of events in the cannabis industry, but I don't think the number uh, of startup events is going to go down. I think the number of events surviving long-term will definitely wane, and it will become a more refined set of competitors. So um, one of the things that um, we were talking about before MJ BizCon with the companies in our cohort, I think applies to almost anybody in the industry, and it's a real kind of pro tip that I want to wrap up with about events. You know, 
you are going to attend an industry event for a purpose, right? Um, so make sure you're very clear with that purpose and that goal for yourself and your team and maniacally pursue it before, during, and after the event. Um, for us, we were reaching out to, uh, we were in the process of raising capital for our next funny fund. So we reached out to um, the investors on our lists uh, over a week, maybe a week and a half out uh, from the start of the event to start scheduling meetings. Um, we made sure that there was enough time and cushion for those meetings to all occur as they should, considering everybody's sort of running late at these trade shows or having a hard time finding where your booth is, whatnot. Um, we also planned follow-up and how we were going to respond. Uh, we responded promptly and efficiently before, honestly, they probably expected it, just to keep them uh, aware that we are aggressive and uh, interested in getting their investment. And then, you know, often we're also sharing things with those investors that might be of interest to them. So I send out, you know, an informal update to all of our investors when we're in session about the cohort. And we had that staged up to show them, nothing confidential, but we had that staged up to show them how we do things, right? And then, you know, we're documenting our trip for others uh, to learn and to do better about, uh, just like we're doing on this podcast. So, um that's the uh, summary of Weed Week in Las Vegas, and I want to thank you for tuning in and being part of the Canopy Boulder community. If you like what you're listening to, please do rate, give us a positive rating, write a review, share this uh, on your social media channels because every listener that we reach, every additional listener that we reach uh, with this podcast, we're hopefully helping them in their own journey to join and be successful in the cannabis industry. So with that, thank you for listening and uh, hope to uh, uh, you enjoy what we're talking about here and you listen to our next podcast. Thank you. Now for the disclaimers. Please do not take any information from the Canopy Boulder podcast or its guests as investment advice. Be sure to contact your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. So thank you for listening and please join us for another Canopy Boulder podcast episode coming to you soon.